This episode of the Red Box Report is brought to you by Chesapeake Tees. If you're ever in the need for high-quality custom t-shirts for any occasion, just visit www.chesapeaketees.com to see everything they have to offer, including business or sporting apparel, custom slogan or logo design, fundraising events, and so much more. Help support a small local business, and they'll help you bring your vision to life on a t-shirt. Shipping is always free, and listeners of this podcast will receive an extra $2 off when you enter the coupon code REDBOXREPORT, all one word, at checkout. On top of that, the more shirts you order, the bigger the discount. Chesapeake Tees, a small business with big ambition. Welcome to episode 133 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. And I'm your co-host, Joel Fallon. And this week, we're going to look at some vampire flicks as we review What We Do in the Shadows, and for the film club segment, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, and our top five is vampire movies. Go figure. Yeah. (laughs) That really... Is there a thing? Brings it all together. (laughs) (laughs) You may have noticed, or maybe not, if you're listening to this three years from now, you have no idea. (laughs) But we have not recorded an episode in about a month, just due to a lot of circumstances. I have a newborn baby. I (laughs) injured myself, and... Yeah, let's talk talk about your injury. You messed up your shoulder? Yeah, uh, my shoulder hasn't been 100% for a handful of years, but... Long story short, I woke up one day and my arm was dislocated. And then I tried to continue working like an idiot. And yeah, that just doesn't add up. You should apparently go to the doctors when your arm pops out of its socket. Yeah, and that on top of my son just slept through the night for the first time three nights ago. And that is still the only time. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as him. (laughs) Lack of sleep. He's a son of a bitch. But uh, we're back. Hopefully, knock on wood, we'll be back on track. I know I said that last time, but this time I really do think we mean it. We're busting out a bunch of episodes here consecutively and then smooth down from there, hopefully. Yeah, like I was telling you, you would think with time off from work and all, you would do nothing but sit there and watch movies, but I was in pain and not sleeping. and Literally in one week, my phone broke, my arm broke, car broke. (laughs) It was a rough one. And that usually leaves you, Brooke. Yeah. <laughs> but we're back. Yes. Just getting back on track. All right. So let's knock off some of this rust and talk about what we do in the shadows. All right. Um, it's like a New Zealand vampire comedy. Yeah, it's like a mockumentary. I yes. Say. I would definitely say that. And it's starring, let me pull it up, well, with yeah, the, guy from, names. the guy from Flight of the Concords. I should know his name. I do not at the moment. Is one of the main guys 
Input of Power Force? Yeah, oh, Jermaine, okay. Jermaine Clement is his name. <laughs> also in it is Taiki Watiti. Yeah, I don't know any of these people. So Jermaine Clement is the main guy. Um, and it's basically about four guys that live in a apartment and <laughs> just basically documenting their day-to-day life. Yeah. It's essentially the movie and, and they're vampires. Yes. <laughs> Legit vampires. What did what were your expectations? I had never heard of this going in. I I only sort of knew it was a comedy. Like I think you mentioned it to me, but it didn't really sink in like I was seeing a vampire show. Yeah. Or whatever. But eh, yeah. I had heard I about it. From the festival circuit, I believe, and just that it was an indie movie that people seem to enjoy. So I thought we could do a theme around this: vampires. <laughs> Easy does it, and I heard it's good, so that's a plus as well. Um, so I went in with moderately high expectations, and they met them. I, I like the movie. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm super happy I watched it. It's a very funny movie. Yeah, <laughs> I really like how. There's a complete variety of the different types of vampires and other creatures as you go further into the movie that yeah. you see in pop culture. So it's not just all these modern guys. They're all like ones, uh, the youngest, what is he, like 600 years old or something? <laughs> yeah. There's one from the 7th. It's one from the Middle Ages, yeah, yeah, the yeah. 18th century, which I think is like the 1700s. Yeah. Uh, the younger guy, I guess he's probably from the 1800s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and then the one guy's 800 years old. One just or, looks like Nurse Rotter. Or fourth, yeah. <laughs> and the other, another one looks kind of normal. It's just <laughs> funny how they're all specific to their uh, generation where they came from. Yeah. And I, I also like it. They sort of explain, like, they, you think vampires, they all live in castles and haunt people and scare... Most of them do. Like, I like how they're like, yes, the... The stereotypical culture is still existing in the yeah. world, but he's like, and then they're like, and then some people move in a small country like New Zealand and share a flat. <laughs> I love that it focuses on the banality of life. Yeah. Even for a vampire, he wakes up, the scariest part of my day, and he <laughs> opens the curtain, <laughs> whew, it's nighttime. <laughs> Uh, and it's basically them arguing over the chores, like whose turn is it to wash the dishes. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. Um, as far as the actual story, I didn't think there was much to that. There's really, yeah, I was going to say, there's not one part of the movie I can pick out that was stood out. I mean, there's funnier parts than others, but yeah. there's not like a ongoing thing that's going on in the movie. Yeah, like I that. guess the biggest thing is that what one of them dies and they're basically trying to find a replacement flatmate yeah and there's this one is it Jermaine Clement's character has this like person that is doing whatever he wants because they're she's hoping that oh no he's the 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 supposed younger youngest one okay yeah she wants to become a vampire so in order he keeps promising her so she'll do whatever he wants (laughs) but then he ends up turning her boyfriend into a vampire or yeah. something and then he turns her into a vampire and there's a whole kind of <laughs> conflict about that yeah so, they don't they don't like the new guy he's sort of everyone <laughs> likes him and 
he's nice or fair or I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but he's like telling everybody he's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not you're abusing your power. <laughs> Uh, I watched this movie like a month ago, so yeah. I'm trying to recall, but I just remember it's consistently funny, not like hysterical laugh out loud funny, but just like a chuckle worthy every couple minutes, you know? Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's constant. It's yeah. not like one of those movies that you would see the trailer and see all the funny parts. and It's subtle stuff. Yeah, that's, I was going to say, it's not like jokes, it's just funny because they're kind of living these normal lives but there's the the vampire twist yes and um so i didn't love it because they're just it never became more than just this consistent ride yeah but i definitely enjoyed the movie while i was watching it i think (laughs) it would have been better as like you were telling me hbo Series, series half an hour, show, yeah, half an hour series, like eight episodes a season, something like that. Yeah, it definitely would have suited the comedy a little bit more. Yeah, because when you're doing the same style thing for an hour and a half straight, even though it is still consistently funny, it kind of just it's samey. It kind of wears itself out just yeah. a little bit. Whereas if it was broken up from week to week, you would definitely appreciate it more. Yeah, don't get like halfway through the movie, I was sort of started doing something else. It still definitely had my attention. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't like, uh, I'm bored of this movie. But yeah, it's funny because of the benign stuff. Like, just stupid. Like, in the beginning, when they call the meet, the flat meeting, it's because the guy hasn't done the dishes in five years. And that's just, I guess, their time. Time isn't much of a thing <laughs> yeah. for them. And Isn't there a part when the, the new guy is moved in? And, like, he's, like, buddy-buddy with the nasty old vampire. Yeah. For some reason, like, he's super nice to this <laughs> new guy. I feel like that was a thing. And then, <laughs> then there's the guy who's not a vampire that yeah. they all love. <laughs> exactly. And, that, like, one part they bring him to a vampire club or party or something. And, and all he's of a sudden... There, <laughs> and they're like, no one's looking at you like they're going to eat you? Yeah. Like, I don't know, it's just so subtle, but... And then kind of at the end, they realize he's not a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and at the very end of the movie, I, l- I love the confrontation with the werewolves. Yeah. The, it's kind of touching on Twilight. Oh, yeah, vampire. definitely. <laughs> and that whole interaction was pretty hilarious. Oh, there's so, there's so many good little spots. Like, uh, the one guy was upset. and like, come on, let's go out. And he said, leave me to my dark bidding. <laughs> and they were like... What are you bidding on? Oh, bidding on a table when you bay. <laughs> yeah, it's stuff like that. It's, it's sort of like they're pol- they're so polite and kind of normal, and then there's kind of these like uh, really graphic scenes of blood yeah, and stuff. Exactly, and it's like it's he, comedically gruesome. But he's in the beginning. He's like. Trying to wake everybody up for the day. He opens Jermaine Clement's door. And it's like this vast room. And he's at the end with like... Like just, women all yeah. around him. Yeah. And then he opens... He's like, oh, shuts it. And then he opens again. It's just a normal room. And he walks <laughs> yeah. out like nothing. So but, they pretty... I like how they touch on pretty much anything you've seen or heard about a vampire in mythology. Like at some point or another, it's going to be mentioned or at least depicted on screen in yeah. some way or manner. To just basically see how it's ridiculous how there's so much <laughs> different things about vampires. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's very clever. Like, super clever. For instance, like, all their names are something like the one that's like Vladimir or yeah. whatever. And then the real crazy looking vampire is Peter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's Vladislav, Viago, Deacon, and Peter. Yeah, what's he say? Uh, they Stu. call me Vladislav the Poker. <laughs> uh, yeah there's not a ton to say it's just yeah you kind of gotta watch it and comedies they're the hardest movies to review because what are you gonna do just recite every joke yeah exactly um <laughs> highly recommend if you have any time downtime or whatever. I believe it's on Netflix now since the Is time <laughs> that we've come and gone <laughs> but I would definitely thoroughly recommend it Anyone that's interested in comedy or vampires or anything like that. Yeah, and it's just effortless to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? It's not one of these things where it's like, you gotta be in the right mood. Yeah. Because... Because I will... Go ahead. I watched it at night, and uh, Sam started to watch it with me. She fell asleep about halfway through, but she was like... At first, she's like, what the hell is this? But then I hear her laughing every once in a while, so... I really think anyone... Cause we'll enjoy it to some level. Yeah, and even what I was going to say is even things in the same genre, I don't even feel that way. But like, uh, I love Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Not quite a mockumentary. Similar kind of humor, I yeah. guess. And uh, like Trailer Park Boys. Well, Best in Show I talked about in the past, in the last episode, the dog show mockumentary. Oh, yeah. From uh, that crew. Like, that movie was amazing. But at the same time, like, those shows, I feel like I have to be in kind of a certain mood, mm-hmm. and I have to give that those shows a little effort, even though they give so much more back. They're hilarious, but if I'm not in the right mood and I watch, like, Trailer Park Boys, I'm just sort of like, yeah, yeah I don't feel like dealing with this. But this movie is not like that. It's, like I said, effortless is the best way I can describe it. I would agree with that. What would you give it? I'm, I really liked it. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Nice. I give it a heavy seven, late seven and a half. Yeah, I think it's. It's like I said. The don't I would say why the downsides for why it is so low, even though I enjoyed it so much, is just that, like I said, it would have been better as a miniseries. It kind of dragged on Absolutely. a little bit, even though it's enjoyable the whole way through, and just I, there's not a, enough meat on the bone to really give it. No, to, I like love it. I totally agree with you, actually. But. Um, Seemingly rewatchable. I would definitely put it if it's on TV. I'll just put it on. Absolutely. <laughs> I could see myself. I don't really rewatch movies, but I could definitely see myself rewatching this one. I I think I gave it a little heavier of a score because it surprised me how much I liked it, mm-hmm. and I I really liked it. You know, it. I don't know. Just hit the right spot, I guess. Hundred percent agree with you there. So let's move on to the next vampire movie we're going to review for the film club segment. It's the. 2014 release indie film A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night The synopsis is In an Iranian ghost town called Bad City A place that reeks of death and loneliness The townspeople are unaware They are being stalked by a lonesome vampire Um, I had obviously watched this A few months ago I talked about it on the podcast That we did with Casey and Edgar um, when we had our summer box office draft, I talked about how much I loved it. Uh, it's currently my number... I think it ended up being my number three movie from 2014. Wow. Um, I just really enjoyed it, and I'll get into why a little bit more after. But hear your thoughts about your expectations and then what you initially thought. I... It's sort of... 
I don't know. I, I guess I didn't really know what the movie was about and whatnot, but from watching Vice and stuff, they they funded it. They did something. They had something to do with it. Yeah, um, I believe um, there was some kind of story behind the the woman filmmaker who made it. Yeah, there was some interesting story behind it that I've since forgotten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I. I've seen some things of the making of and spotlights of it, but like I said, I never really had a clear picture of what the movie was about. I had no idea it had anything to do with vampires. Yeah. Actually, and that's... Uh, I, I'm glad you didn't, because I kind of had an idea that's what it was, but I wasn't... This, it's rare for me nowadays to not know the plot of a movie going in, because I listen to, like, a bunch of movie podcasts. And yeah. I'm look. We do this podcast, so I'm seeing trailers. I'm, I'm in the know, seeing the news, wow. blah 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 blah. But this movie, I had, I'd heard some things about it that were good, not a ton. And I just went into it. It hit Netflix. I watched it. I knew it was a black and white Iranian movie. That's pretty much all I knew. Yeah. And I didn't know. I, I was. I knew there was something weird with. Something supernatural about it. I wasn't sure it was vampires or not. And then once I found that out, I wasn't sure. And one of the things I loved about it was I'm like, okay, the whole time I'm like, is this a bad guy? Is this a uh, vigilante? Yeah. Like uh, someone that's only killing the bad people and all that. So it's kind of a guessing game, and I just love the vibe it gives off, the mood. Oh, uh, yeah. The, it's uh, sort of the best way I describe iconic imagery. Yes. Some great cinematography. Yeah, it's fantastic. It was directed just in terms of how the look and feel, like the texture, I guess. Mm -hmm, exactly. It's uh, fantastic, really. But yeah, I going into it, I guess I heard Supernatural, but I sort of thought they meant it more spiritually. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like not... And I don't know. I, I thought it had more to do with women's rights or not like literally but yeah. like an undertone or something and, it's, and that was just there. a gut impression I got from it is there there's definitely oh, an yeah. aspect of that in the film um, the girl is the vampire yeah. and she's the one that's the most powerful in this film in control of everything um, there's a prostitute in the movie that has a bigger role towards the end um, yeah that definitely is an aspect yeah um, it is. I I think the name of the city is kind of my biggest gripe with the movie. <laughs> bad, bad city. city. That's kind of silly, but I guess it's like film noir esque. Yeah, to go along with the black and white. Um. Yeah, like as I was saying, you don't know if this chick's bad or good because the first person she kills is the drug dealer. Yeah, but it could just be the luck of the draw, and then the next scene, she's. Like picking on this young little boy on a skateboard, looking like she's gonna eat him. <laughs> Basically, she's just threatening him. If you ever do anything bad, I will find you. I will kill you. Basically, and then as you go on, spoilers for Film Club, you realize she is kind. Of, obviously, a vampire only has so much control of themselves, but she is pretty much a good guy. She's a yeah. good person. She's. In, in her defense, the drug she dealer. has to eat. She has to drink certain blood. She's going to make sure yeah. when she does, it's people that deserve it. It's sort of like us. I mean, you 
I wouldn't personally want to kill a cow or something like that, but you got to eat if I had to do if it. I'm going to. I'm going to kill that cow that's been picking on the other cows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Selling them bad grass. <laughs> but, um, and then the the main character is the guy, the the boy yeah. whose dad is a drug addict. And I think that's kind of playing into the whole vampire thing, like, He's addicted to drugs, like this girl is addicted to blood. Yeah, like it's yeah, out of their control to some deal. extent. And willpower is involved in both, I'm sure. Um, yes, yeah, so that was interesting. Yeah, I, I like that about the movie. I, I definitely got that where um, the imagery they used reflected her and... I don't know, I feel like she was sort of a reflection of everything else. In a way, like the addiction mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But strangely enough, I thought the uh, the kid that she got close with looked like the one guy, the one vampire, sort of kind of. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. We'll be doing the show. Yeah. <laughs> I know he does a little bit. Um, and I did, I like how he's he's not like completely innocent, but he has an air about him. He's oblivious. Yeah. To like. There's something about him, and I saw it through, he did a great job acting this, that the, the vampire sees in him, like, she's just like, what is with this kid? There's something yeah. different compared to everybody else in this town about him, and and I'm like, I don't know, is she going to kill him? And she's like, falling in love with him, but at the same time, it doesn't go to the cliche places that you're yeah. expecting it. Yeah, I kind of was sort of waiting for the axe to fall on him for a little yeah. while, and then it was sort of like, eh, maybe, you know, I don't know. It doesn't, it's not always the obvious thing. Yeah. And there's nothing special necessarily about the storyline, but for me, when I'm thinking the best of the best as far as movies go, it's just a feeling. It's just a gut feeling, yeah. a vibe, a tone and a mood. That's what I'm personally looking for. And character development. And this movie has both of those. It has a great mood slash vibe slash tone, and I really think the characters are developed from where you you first meet them in the movie towards to the end. Yeah, like um, I'm director wise, this person's awesome. so I much. Believe it's a first time. I think it's her film debut. Really? Yeah, feature yeah. debut. This is a good uh, like a benchmark movie. Yeah. Like, I'll if definitely they can do this much with this much material. With this little budget, I'm sure. Yeah. What she could do with... what? But sometimes with those kind of directors, you give them enough work to hang themselves. And you see that a lot with yeah. big budget films yeah. and stuff. But I'm definitely interested to follow this oh, person's career. Oh, I love yeah. Uh, Annie, Anna Lily Amapur is her name, if I'm pronouncing it right. And the main actress, the actress of The Vampire, Sheila Vond, she was awesome. Oh, yeah. She was incredible. Um, acted with her eyes blood, yeah you know something about her just was like mesmerizing I just wanted to watch her in more movies but she hasn't really done any yet I yeah. think she will get some opportunities from this she did great she's just excellent the stiffness and when she's walking it's almost she's not literally floating but she kind of has that vibe and then yeah. when she's kind of alone or in her room or dancing and stuff yeah and very fluid it, it's very cool. Um, I gotta say one thing, I or not one thing, but I wrote down gender, religion, culture, barrier yeah. smashed. Yeah. Like, exactly, like Iranian, Iranian culture. And it was very, 
not literally, but American, like, mm-hmm. not that different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I they know. have a counterculture. They, like, the drug dealer, he blatantly had, like, tattoos that would offend people, like, because that's the type of guy. Yeah. He, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was. And the drug use, and. I don't know if the director is actually Iranian, but it was interesting that, like, this is how people may want to live there, but they just can't. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, like you said, the culture stuff. This was basically just them being who they want to be. And yeah. that's obviously not how it is in that country. No. And it's... <laughs> and that was very interesting to watch. From sure. what I understand, like, I heard someone talking about, like, actually in Iran is... And not to get too crazy off topic, it's sort of like America. Like, we don't... Like, what our president and government does doesn't really represent how people here feel. And yeah. generally speaking, that's how the majority of the population is there. Like, they're just living mm-hmm. there. They don't really have whatever. I'm sure there is differences and all that stuff. I mean, deep-rooted differences and whatnot, but... I don't know. It's just interesting to see it, no matter how many differences you it's have. It's always people, good. First and foremost, yes, down. absolutely. First and foremost, in a movie, you're looking to be entertained. You're looking for a good story, all this stuff. But then it's it's awesome on top of that when a movie is able to make you think about yeah. other stuff, you know, and it kind just of opens your eyes, makes you. That's broadens your horizons. I don't, I don't think a movie needs that to be great, but it doesn't hurt at all. Yeah, you know. Um, so definitely had that going for it and one other thing that I really liked and it confused me at first is I don't know if you noticed in the beginning when the guy's just walking and he goes over this bridge and there's just dead bodies littered in this canyon on the bridge he's walking over oh yeah yeah, he's just oblivious to it I don't know what that's trying to say like is that like I said he was an oblivious character to everything going yeah. around the town is that part of that is it trying to say like that these people are so bad because they're a bad city that wow. they're so selfish that they don't even care that these the people are dying around them there's wow. different ways you could look at yeah. that too I don't know I didn't even think of it that way that's bravo to the <laughs> the director yeah because even that even, yeah wow I don't know just thought it was interesting. Never answered. Like, I like that subtlety. Leave it open to yeah, imagination. Because maybe her answer would be kind of, like, silly and boring. But when you let your mind go wild at the possibilities, that's kind of good. And a nice thing about it, all this, is there's never really an, an opinion or... It doesn't make you think one way or the other. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. how some kind of pushing an agenda or whatever. Like, it doesn't really do that. It just sort of presents itself as it is yeah there's a whole aspect where the guy more towards the beginning he's he's like a gardener for some rich family and there's this hot daughter or whatever that he goes up and tries to hit on and she's like making fun of him (laughs) pushing him away but then he sees her at some party and they like do ecstasy together and they start (laughs) dancing or whatever I don't know and you don't know whose side you're on at that point yeah (laughs) So, I like that the grayness. Yeah, literally. Yeah. It's black and white. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll give it a solid 9 out of 10. Because it's, no, no, it's one of my favorite movies from last year. I give it a very respectful 7.5. I, 
I, I, like I said, I really enjoyed it, but it wasn't enough of a, uh, I don't know, not that it wasn't a coherent storyline or anything like that. Um, I don't know. I felt like it was a concept movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't I, mean that in a bad way, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, for me, like, it's one of these movies I never expected to like it this much. Like, as I'm watching it, I was enjoying it. It just kept going up and up and up. At a certain point, it kind of just was like, I loved it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. And I can certainly understand why people, I think, I think it, oh, a lot of people like it a lot, but I don't know. I might be one of the highest people on it that I know, but I don't know why. Something about it just spoke to me. Yeah, I could see people, I might go down on a rewatch, but. Not give the movie the light of day, the chance, yeah. but I could also see people trying to watch it and going in with this idea where they're not going to like it. Right, and black just, and white form, yeah. language. It has those barriers to get over in the first place yeah. you know that and it's probably not going to get the traditional vampire horror lovers you know what I mean because it's not a traditional yeah but well, we'll see. I highly recommend watching it oh obviously I do as well but unlike the other one be ready to watch the movie yeah and pay attention this and one then... you might want to be in a mood for it yeah <laughs> um alright we'll see where these Movies, if they did, rank in our top five vampire movies. All right. Uh, why don't you kick it off with number five? All right, I'll kick it off. Um, Lost Boys. Um, Lost Boys. I don't know if I've seen it, actually. It, I saw it probably, I think, closer to when it came out. I was probably elementary, middle school, something like that. If it's maybe not quite that long. Whenever the movie came out. Uh it's been a long time. I know and it's got a good reputation as like the eighties kids uh, movie. Yeah. Like they're kid vampires, right? Yeah. It's got uh Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Yeah, I mean it's sort of like a vampire goonies ish not literally, but yeah. just sort of spiritually. Um Yeah. I def it's definitely one what I always get it confused with the one with Fred Savage from Wonder Years where yeah. he's like goes into this southern monster world. I can't remember what that was. Yeah, I know called. what you're talking about. I, I get <clears> all these uh my whole top five, it's not necessarily one We to should five. talk about, actually, before we really dive in, vampire movies as a whole. All right. How we feel about them. Have you seen all the cl- all the good ones, all the classics? <laughs> uh, for me, it's not my favorite genre, at least from what I've seen. But yeah. I've definitely seen some great ones, including the two we talked about already. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like it's a trendy genre recently. Yeah. And I haven't really been into the newer... I kind of like the idea of vampires being in the modern world, I guess, in theory, but not the way it's been. They are good use, like vampires, zombies, werewolves, and these all these monsters, they're good for like making easy connections to the problems going on in the world. Yeah. And... Some movies do that right, and some do not, like Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I'm i not against vampire movies. There's just so, seemingly so many and not a lot of great ones that I don't get excited to watch a movie just because it's a vampire movie. Yeah, and I'd agree with that. I, I like the idea of vampires. Like, if I had to pick favorite monsters, it'd be up there because... 
I mean, given in the realm of reality of horror and stuff, they're kind of one of the more realistic ones. I mean, <laughs> if you're gonna besides the everlasting life and blood <laughs> and turning into bats. And, and you got TV I, shows even with True Blood and all that. Yeah, I guess I like them when the less supernatural they are. The more I like it, yeah, I mean, and that's given, why I like the girl walks in earlier night. Yeah. It's almost magical realism. It's like, you know, it's so it's a heightened world. It's obviously called Bad City, and it's in it's it's a little not completely realistic, but the tone of it is. Yeah, and it's just this one thing is different about it. Yeah, it makes it seem very believable that it would be in the real world. Yeah, I mean, besides just you know, if you want to be a jerk about it. Yeah, <laughs> my number five. Is Underworld, the first one. Oh, okay. At least, I haven't watched it in a while, but I know the sequels are terrible. But I actually like Kate Beckinsale yeah. as a fun action movie in the first Underworld. That was when she was at her prime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the tight little suit. I don't know if I've ever seen a whole one through. But, hey, I forgot all about that series. But, I mean, I just remember... There's actually some decent mythology to this whole... I don't know. It's like a war between the werewolves and the vampires. I can't remember if that's yeah. what the first one was, but... I just remember liking the action beats, and and as a, like a blockbuster, it was pretty fun. So... Yeah. What's your number? Four? Number four, I'm going to go with another one that's been... Geez, three... All of them pretty long since I've seen. John Carpenter's Vampires. It's, Never seen uh, that one either. I, I mean, like John Carpenter, though. Yeah. Uh, he makes good movies. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, you know how I feel about horror. It's not like I rewatch these things a lot. But I do remember actually enjoying this movie. And I'm pretty sure it's pretty high on people's list for vampire or horror movies in general. Yeah. Uh, that's particular. John Carpenter's Vampires. Have you seen The Thing? No. Actually, oh, I haven't. God. I know. I, uh, people tell me I'm an idiot for Edgar. not seeing that. What made me and Casey watch it for Film Club? Like, when now, didn't they remake year? this movie? Yeah, not a few nearly years as ago. good. Yeah. The original, some of the best practical effects ever. Like, it's wow. an awesome movie. Like, an action thriller horror. Really good. Definitely checked it out. Yeah. Um, my number four is Robert Rodriguez's From Dusk Till Dawn. Okay. Written by Quentin Tarantino. Alright. Um, starring George Clooney, Selma Hayek's in it, looking good. There's a theme to my movies. So <laughs> uh, this one is another one I haven't seen in a while, but it's just, it's Robert Rodriguez direction, Quentin Tarantino written. I mean, <laughs> you got some fun dialogue, some over-the-top crazy action. I can see that definitely fitting with It's kind of like Harry. a, yeah, it's, it's like a B-movie quality, but... Like a fun way, in like Starship Troopers way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Cool. Good movie. Yeah. Um, mine was a three. Yep. Uh, I'm going to give it to the Blade series. Uh, more so number one and two. I don't know how many they made. At least three. There's three and then. Oh, fourth side whatever one or something like there's that. There's a fourth one coming, I think. Oh, it's coming. Yeah. I thought there might have been one, like a subtitled one, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's Blade Trinity. Oh, okay. So Ryan Reynolds be, and Jessica Biel. That would be the third one, yeah. Then, right? Yeah. 
That one wasn't good. Yeah. But Blade 1 is my number three as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. It's a really cool superhero movie. Um, it's a Marvel com- based off a Marvel comic book character. I but know not Marvel. done in a comic booky way. No. They did it in a really cool, dark, brooding way. I don't know if it was R-rated or not, but it kind of has that feel. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I'd uh, imagine it was. It's pretty... Just a really good action movie. Yeah. It's not much. Yeah. Else to say about that. I personally, I get number one and two kind of mixed up. Yeah. So I don't know which one I I went with the first one just because that's the one that opened the series. Yeah. And I just, I think that's the one where in the beginning he goes into some kind of club and just like kills it. Yeah. It's got like iconic scene or two. Yeah. Yeah. I think because of the Alien series, I always, even though Aliens won the first one's super iconic. I like the second one a little bit better, and I don't know why. I always like think about that with these kinds of movies. I think the second one was better. <laughs> well, um, X Men Two is better than X Men One. Spider Man Two is better than Spider Man One. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know if I've seen Spider Man Two. What? I don't know. I might. Have. That's for another. Day. Off topic. <laughs> What's your number two? My number two. I, I gave it to a girl walks home. Me too. Nice. Go walk similar at night. <laughs> you heard what I said about that, so you know I love my number one. <laughs> uh, do you want me to go first? You? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Classic. Uh, I'm sorry if I pronounce this the wrong way. Nosferatu. Nosferatu. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember seeing this young, and it scaring the living daylights out of me. I mean, that, how that vampire looked and everything like that, and how they used the cross and he would like cover his eyes and From that 19- stayed with me for a while I haven't seen it but 1929 it looks really good it really does 1929. I had no idea I mean I, I remember this being young like I thought it was like an old movie but out of the 70s maybe like, I think there was a remake in the 70s yeah, I, I saw on a list that there's two of them I'm pretty yeah. sure it was the original one on or I don't know. It might have been like a, one of those true color. Right. Whatever. It's not quite color, but. Yeah. Um, okay. My number one is Let the Right One In. This is a Swedish hmm. horror movie, horror drama. Um, we reviewed it for Film Club segment. I made Casey watch it last year. He loved it. Uh, basically, it's this little girl who's a vampire. And she has her paramour, this old man, with her. They move into this hotel where this boy lives with his mom. And she, like, befriends him. They, he thinks she's just another little girl. They become friends. Just basically, it's their whole interactions. She, I think he finds out she's a vampire. She's killing people. She's really, like, super, super old. And there's this climactic scene. Basically, just, it's about their relationship and how someone that is hundreds of years old can relate to someone that's like eight years old or whatever. And oh, okay. I think he's older than eight, but it's an awesome, awesome movie. The tone to that is amazing. There's an English, an American remake called Let Me In, which is really good as well. Not as good as the Swedish original. Yeah. How uh, old is this movie? 2007, 2008. Oh, okay. Yeah, not old. I think it's on Netflix. The uh, the Scandinavian countries, they they got pretty good underrated 
film they industry. Do. At least the ones that make it over here. Yeah, and it seems like they remake a lot of yeah. their films for here. But absolutely. And I, I was a big fan of uh, Lilyhammer, which I just found I got canceled. After third season. Yeah, or what was it? They did. I can't remember. <laughs> did they do the third? Yeah, they did do the third season. But any honorable mentions? No, uh, I was. What about what we do in the shadows? Well, I mean, yeah, but I was thinking more uh, traditional vampires. Yeah. But I guess Lost Boys is on there. Uh, honestly, it probably be, would have been in my top five, but it was just sort of my mindset going in was traditional. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I have what we do in the shadows. That honorable mention. It probably could have been number five ahead of Underworld, but. It was so recent, I didn't... If it's close, I'll give it to the movie we didn't just talk about. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have Salem's Lot, um, Only Lovers Left Alive, which I thought was overrated, but still good from last year. Fright Night, the remake, I liked. Uh, Daybreakers with Ethan Hawke was pretty decent. Mm. And like I said, Let Me In, the remake for Let the Right One In. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm not a big horror guy, so... It takes me a lot to get to watch one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. But. I feel like we've had to talk about horror movies a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, look, like I was saying with The Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, I could see why people wouldn't get into it. It's black and white. It has these barriers, which I need to be a little more minded to horror movies because besides the fact of it being a horror movie, it could be a good movie, you know? I'm trying to break you in. Yeah, you're trying. <laughs> All right. Well, what else did you watch? Anything? Um, let's see. I've been mostly remake, rewatching stuff. I know um, you said you hadn't had much desire to be watching anything. Yeah. Um. What was the? Uh, I know it's a movie. It's got um. Is it the long way back or something like that? It's got the guy from across the universe. Colin Farrell. I think I know what you're talking about. The guys who escaped from a Serbian camp and they're trying to get to a non-communist country and... I know. I think I know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah, along the way, <laughs> they like Mongolia converts, so they get there and then they have to keep walking. Basically, they walk like a 8,000-some mile walk. It takes them like... 10 or 15 years or something and the war had been over forever by the time they finally get back to civilization and yeah I really enjoyed it um I've heard it was supposedly based on a true story but I've heard the story might be dubious and have some real stuff but I don't know they're all this group of guys all great actors they escape from Serbia, Siberian jail, which is in the middle of nowhere as it is. And then they go through the Mongolia, the Gobi Desert, through China, through another desert, and then they have to cross the Himalayas and the India, and it's just it's a journey. And it, it, great watch. I, I'd probably give it seven, seven and a half out of ten. Cool. Yeah, I'm trying. I've just been trying to think of the title. Oh, the yeah, it's bothering the crap out of me. <laughs> um, all right, well, again, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just said I'm racking my brain. <laughs> uh, I watched a bunch of stuff over the past month. 
I'm getting. I'm going to talk about half of the movies I watched in this episode. Uh, Badlands, Terrence Malick's directorial debut, I believe. Uh, He's a great director that made Tree of Life uh, and other stuff. (laughs) Um, Starring Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek. Uh, Martin Sheen plays a psychopath (laughs) who goes on a killing spree. And Sissy Spacefeck is like his girlfriend, oblivious girlfriend that goes with him and starts off, he kills her dad and they go on the run and basically the whole movie is him like killing people while trying to just make it as long as they possibly can together. Jeez. Um, Yeah, pretty crazy story. Martin Sheen is amazing in it. Uh, Sissy Spacefeck is good as well. You can see right away that Terrence Malick is a going to be a very good filmmaker from this. Yeah. Uh, 79. 73, jeez. Yeah, 1973. Um, but it plays really fast and loose. It's not like... A, none of his movies are completely structured like a normal film. Coherent. But this yeah. one is more so than a lot of his uh, newer ones. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, I didn't love it, but I just really enjoyed the performances and the craziness that ensued in the film and just seeing what lengths this guy could go to. <laughs> I'd give it a seven and a half out of ten. Um, did you have anything else? No. I'll run through this shit. More later. Alright. Uh, I watched Child 44, the movie that we were giving away. Uh, yeah. Congratulations to Billy, by the way. It's in the mail. You should be getting it soon. <laughs> um... <laughs> Child 44. Thanks for listening, Billy. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. Email anytime. Uh, (laughs) Tom Hardy. Fucking Gary Oldman. (laughs) This is rough. We're rusty folks. Yes. (laughs) Naomi Rapace. Greasing the wheels. Naomi Rapace. I don't know how to say her name. (laughs) Uh, Great cast. It's a story from Soviet Russia about a military police investigation into this... Like, uh, there's some child killing going on in their own organization, and it's basically trying to ferret that out. And Tom Hardy, great as always, but it's really kind of dull, drab, tough to get through a movie. Not terrible, but just like... It's like, yeah, come on. It's like (laughs) dishwasher. Yeah. (laughs) Liquid. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) water. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Word. Well, there you have it, dishwasher. <laughs> Liquid water. Uh, yeah, it just is like pulling teeth. You can see some qualities to it, but it, it, I just it was a tough watch. Uh, why, if you're a Tom Hardy completist, maybe it's worth it. Give it a 5 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, next up is The Book of Life. This is the animated movie about Dio de los Muertos. It's got Channing Tatum... And Diego Luna as the voices of these two people that are fighting over the girl, played by Zoe Saldana. And it's really bizarre for an for an animated kids movie. Like, really, they both are going after her to win her affections. One is a like a bullfighter. One is a guy that plays instrument guitar to to woo her. Uh, they both die, and they go into Word. this other like the next world 
to they're all three of them die I think and then they're just fighting over in, in the next <laughs> afterlife Continue. yeah kind of deal um, it's not bad it's a little weird for me but I don't know I don't like the animation style it just was forgettable yeah six out of ten for me and next up we have a terrible movie so <laughs> so bad it was not very good the unauthorized <laughs> full house story on lifetime what <laughs> they came out with the unauthorized uh saved by the bell movie last year and this year it's the full house one next is miller's place in nine or two and okay this is where they take a movie for, or i mean a tv show 80 sitcom 90 sitcom and they tell you the behind the scenes stuff you didn't know or the the making of you know but yeah. it's they get actors to play the actors it's kind of meta oh uh, so is that what I heard about like there being a full house movie or something like no, that no there's a full house sequel series called Fuller House coming to Netflix ah. next year but this okay. is another thing it's so bad <laughs> like so bad it's good no oh man you would, I mean it's train wreck factor is there I basically only watched it so I could listen to the Rob Has a Podcast uh, podcast about it. They just make fun of it and pick it to death, which was hilarious, way better than the movie. Uh, you got this guy. Here, let's see if I can get some pictures of the, the lookalikes for the cast. Like, the guy that's playing John Stamos is awful. Long road back. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. That was what that movie I That's what you said right away. <laughs> I thought it was like the way back or something. Longer could be the way back. Uh, let's see. Can we get a good picture? Zoom in on these people. Um, but as you can tell just from this picture you're looking at now, it's like a bastardized version of all these people. Um, there's nothing there. There's no story whatsoever. It's basically <laughs> just beat for beat, like the behind the scenes, um, how they cast it, how... The interactions between the people. Oh, Bob Saget was a comedian that was a dirty comedian, and then he ended up playing the <laughs> cleanest dad in the world, which everyone already knew. And yeah. it's crazy because they they did a one hour documentary special about the making of Full House right after it. It was basically the exact same thing, but condensed to an hour and in a documentary form. So it was <laughs> way better. Still not great, but way better. Yeah. Um, the one thing that is interesting for the Full House story would be like how much everyone hated the Olsen twins because of their success for no reason and mm. also Stephanie Tanner's use of crystal meth once the show ended oh they didn't get into that why would they do that that's t too interesting for the story yeah. um so isn't uh, one of them not alive or something I believe they are all alive oh I was uh, I might be thinking of a different show. I thought the girl Kimmy or something might not have been. But, like, I believe I don't really she's going to be starring in the Fuller House. Maybe they brought her back. I don't know. From the Dead? Yeah, yeah, at least for the show. <laughs> <laughs> They're too popular oh, yeah. near Hologram. So bad. Terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> um, I also watched Young and Beautiful, a French film uh, that takes place in four segments about a young girl as she enters her sexual maturity in the first part she loses her virginity second part she's a prostitute <laughs> in the third part 
Her mom finds out she was a prostitute, and then she gives us back to her normal, everyday, like, high school senior life. And then in the fourth part, she goes back to prostitution. Word. Uh, it's first, uh, I don't know. It sounds it's, as good as Nymphomaniac. I liked Nymphomaniac to an extent. Did you? Yeah. I couldn't get through it, but anyway. This is like... I've seen this before. Like, this is... I think this is the kind of story that can be made interesting. But it's it just felt like... I don't know. It just was very blah. Yeah. Not terrible. I mean, it was decently made. The acting wasn't bad. Creepy and weird and... In the good ways and bad ways. Uh, but it was just ho-hum for me. I I only heard about it from Cannes Film Festival last year. And I just saw it was on Netflix, so I yeah. checked it out. It so wasn't very great. Is it like, it could have been better, or this just wasn't interesting enough to be this I just long? don't think. I mean, a better film... A great filmmaker can make pretty much anything yeah. great. Or maybe what I really mean to say is that... Was it like the story content? Was it the direction? Was it the acting? Or is it just a combination? Of yeah, everything? I don't know. It just seemed like already territory that had been treaded upon. And if you're going to do that, make it really, really good. Yeah. It wasn't like super interesting as far as like style or anything. It was just by the books, basic. You know, looks good. For, I mean, it's a French film. They all tend to make their movies look good. But yeah, a six out of ten, ho hum, forgettable. Saw a lot of great movies. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will watch Dimitri Martin, his uh, Netflix special, the stand-up. Oh, okay. It's called Live at the Time. <laughs> Have you ever seen his stand-up before? Um, just bits and pieces. He's a rapid-fire, joke-a-minute kind of guy. Yeah. I still think his first Comedy Central stand-up special that I saw was his best. But uh, he's, he's, he's definitely clever. He's... <laughs> He'd be good in on the writers' room for what we do in the shadows. He's got that kind of yeah, like punny, uh, clever observations. It's good stuff. It was funny. Nice, decent time. It's been a while since I watched a stand-up. Yeah, I know Sam likes it too. So. Saw it was coming on Netflix, and we checked it out. Yeah, I, um, I was. We were real into watching stand-up for a while. Remember, yeah, like when Comedy Central and all Pablo Francisco. I don't know. It's just like by the time someone has a, generally speaking, I mean, I'm not super into it, but by the time someone comes out with one of those specials, they're so kind of played out. Yeah. You know, what I, mean? I don't know. It's not the comedian. I don't necessarily think it's just the game, the shit around them. You know. Yeah. And it's it's weird because when you first see a comedian, stand-up comedian that you love. You're real attached to that first set that you yeah. heard. And then when it's brand new material, obviously you don't want him to just repeat what he did. Yeah. But you're wanting it to be on that level. But it's only on that level because you've watched it over and yeah. over again and all this other stuff. That's so, the Jeff Foxworthy guys. Like, that's how I felt about them. Like, they were funny, don't get me wrong, but all you wanted to do the tater salad joke. <laughs> you know? It's, yeah. Mm. Here's your sign. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I watched for this part. That's it. That's it. Solid cast of movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saved the good ones for the better uh, show coming up. Nice. <laughs> now, it just so happened I watched good movies towards the tail end of this <laughs> Got a little bit of news for this episode. First, some sad news. Well, 
All right, first some sad news and then some sadder news. <laughs> One of my favorite website, movie websites and podcasts has closed its doors. Ropasilicon.com, uh, uh, created by Brad Brevet. <laughs> great man, great writer, great podcaster, and his podcast, Brad and Laramie on Movies. Done. Donezo. What happened there? I think... I'm not exactly sure, but I know they were growing tired of the industry. Okay. And so they went to a pay model where um, one they did two episodes a week. One was free. The one with the re- reviews each week, you pay $2 a month or something, or $3 a month okay. to get. I did that. Uh, and then they were going to, they brought on another host, Greta, who was great in her five episodes, by the <laughs> way. Um... Then they were going to move to the Patreon model, which Rob has a podcast does, where it's uh, people that it'll be free to everyone, but if you want to, you can yeah. donate X amount of dollars per month, and then it just gives them a way to make money off of it. Yeah, I was a couple of YouTube. I was signing on, on for uh, five dollars a month. I think it was five or ten dollars a month. I subscribed on the same day I signed up. They announced that it was canceled. I f- I think something. A better opportunity came up for Brad. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I mean, if that's the case, good for him. Yeah. Uh, sorry to hear. I was disappointed because this podcast I listened to like <laughs> twice a week for yeah. two or three years. It's kind of like there's a void. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I said in a message on his website when he announced it that, hey, if he ever comes out with another podcast, I'll be there. I'll listen to it. Alright. Now my goal... Is to have this podcast go on for more episodes than theirs. No. <laughs> no, I don't know. They had like 200 and some because they were twice a week. They didn't uh, do it for yeah. years, so <laughs> that's a lot of Well, episodes. I mean, you kind of have that if you look at it that way. Not quite. Not well, there yet. 200 and some. Where are we at? 130? 133. Three more years, maybe we pass it. <laughs> I'm in it. Alright. I'm in it to win it. Oh, and I guess this is sad news too. Wes Craven died. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was Nightmare of Elm Street. To, I mean, I mean, it's horrible. That's, yeah. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's terrible to hear that he died. He, he, he seemed to live a full life, you know. He's I think movies. we need to make a policy when we talk about people that died. It's so hard to, like, what are you supposed to say? Yeah. I'm going to say, from now on, I'm gonna, if there's a death, I'll announce it. If you want, if we want to say, like, I really appreciated this, this, and this work that he did, and then we'll move on. <laughs> uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. It's a, it's a long series, long-running series. Yeah. Uh, the first one's pretty good. I don't know. I know he's made some other... He's just a horror guy, so you you hate him, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't really know too much of his work, but I know he's I know, a uh, legend. By le- yeah. And all I really meant was, it's I sad to hear mean. all these people in Hollywood that die young and all. He was 76 years I old. I know what you mean. You know. Rest I, in peace. I put my foot in my mouth on the Paul Walker Memorial, so. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. Um, Prison Break. Did you ever watch that television show? A little bit. I didn't follow it, though. It's coming back to TV, apparently. I never watched it. Like the same people, or I don't know. Show. I don't know. I just thought people 
I know some people probably watch it. They might be interested to hear that if they hadn't already, so I thought I'd mention it. Yeah, I remember the show being kind of interesting, but it was too network TV-ish. Yeah, it was a little that's why polished. I never checked it out. Yeah. Looked like 24, kind of like... Yeah, but prison, and it wasn't like grimy, or... I don't never know. seen 24 either, so... Yeah, it's weird. There's a new Dungeons & Dragons movie coming out again. Great. This time focusing on the Forgotten Realms series of books. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I like Dungeons & Dragons, but those movies suck, so... There's not a focus. There's not like a story to fo- or characters to focus on. Yeah, it's just a theme. Why don't you just make a movie like that, <laughs> but original? I don't get it. It's you would think it's clay. You know what I mean? Yeah. You mold it into some amazing things, but I don't know. Usually they just have blobs of clay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of. The movie, mockumentary movie, I was best in show that I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. made by Christopher Guest. Well, he has an original movie coming to Netflix. Oh yeah. Specifically for Netflix, like uh, Beast of No Nation and the Brad Pitt movie coming. Yeah. Netflix, man, I just love what they're doing. Killing. They're getting good filmmakers and good content creators. Other than Adam Sandler, that's for money. <laughs> <laughs> And they're just letting them do their thing. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I love the approach Netflix does, especially what they're doing with the. I like how they're making American shows with an international audience. Um, we'll get into it some other time. Narcos does it, but that's a apparently Lilyhammer was like one of the first shows to even do it. Where, and you don't notice it watching it, but a good portion of those shows are in another language, and it doesn't. It's not intrusive, and they speak English as well, but I don't know. They don't speak English just for the sake of speaking English. Yeah. Definitely doing a great job. Last piece of news is very timely for this episode. What We Do in the Shadows 2 is rumored. Really? To be made, yeah. Sweet. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. Let's get some more vampires in this. You You guys should just do a show. I know you listen. We're big in New Zealand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Philip, <laughs> tell him. Philip in New Zealand, tell him. Hey, we'll, we'll send you one of our DVDs if you uh, take us up on an offer. Or Sorry, you were second in, Philip. Yeah. I know. We'll get you next time, I'm sure. Yeah, Billy goes first. Yeah. So, uh, let's move on to Prejudgment Day. <laughs> we got six trailers to talk about on this episode. <laughs> Start off with 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Bengali. Yeah. Directed by Michael Bay. Ooh. Michael Bay. <laughs> the man himself. Um, we watched the Red Band trailer for this. Basically the story of Benghazi. The Yeah. What is it? Yeah. The Libya? I think it was our the Libyan embassy, U.S. Embassy. Got, everyone got shot up mm-hmm. as far as I know. Uh... I don't really, I'm not up on the political landscape or, you know, I don't really watch much news, so I don't know much about it, so I'm actually glad going into the movie. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I didn't really get much from this trailer. I couldn't make heads or tails of, like, the focus of the story. Is it going to just be action, or, it seems like a topic that could have good dialogue and all that, but Mm -hmm. it's Michael Bay. Yes. I don't expect that. I expect... 
Rah, rah, America, explosion, explosion, rah. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, it's more like The Rock, the movie The Rock. Yeah. Than, um, like, Transformers <laughs> or whatever. Uh, I gotta say, I mean, I really despise Michael Bay. Me too. So, the trailer wasn't bad, but it if it's kind of gray and a little gritty and has halfway decent dialogue it could be a great movie but I don't know it's that's not gonna it's happen. not even a coin flip like <laughs> yeah what's your great what's your rating for this prejudgment mm, six five and a half I think it's gonna, right. gonna be I should write these down so we can compare yeah. when we actually review these movies <laughs> in six seven months um, next up, we have Beast of No Nation. Speaking of Netflix-specific movies, uh, this one comes from Kerry Fukunaga, director of True Detective, season one, and Jane Eyre, as well as a couple other things, starring Idris Elba as a dictator in what looks to be an African country, uh, where he's he's basically one of these monsters that takes kids hostage and turns them into killers for his little quest for glory or whatever it is. Yeah. Looks like a dark, horrifying, <laughs> but probably incredibly well-made good film. Yeah. I, I love him as an actor. Yeah, he's a great actor for sure. Um, it it looks great. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's like... Obviously, it's based off of something real, but I don't Must know if it's be. literally yeah. a true story. Reminds me of like a Last King of Scotland type deal. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, I the think, trailer looked cool. Yeah, definitely. Had my interest. I'll definitely watch it when it hits Netflix in October. It had good special, or practical effects, I'll call them. And, yeah. It looks intense. That definitely does. <laughs> I, Kerry Fukunaga won me over, so I'll definitely watch anything he does. I'm giving this movie an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Alright. Uh, seven and a half. Okay. I'm going with. I can see it. I can see it. This is so stupid. Yeah. I mean, I yeah how do we really <laughs> judge this? I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, next up is Spotlight. This is like a media thriller, investigative journalism type deal where a newspaper is going to take down the Catholic Church and break open the story of the child molestation uh, stuff. Yeah. Based off true story. Um Starring Michael Keaton, Mark Ruffalo, Rachel McAdams, a ton of what looked like great actors. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to this movie. Yeah, this I is my kind of. I love these kind of movies like Zodiac, um, and this looks. The score behind everything made it seem like it might be cheesy, but yeah. I feel like that's just a trailer, or at least I'm hoping. That's. So. Well, I was. Overall, I had a positive. Yes. Impact or whatever from the trailer, but the fact that that was slightly cheesy, and sometimes when you see these movies with all these different big actors, it kind of, I don't know, it's something about it. Sometimes there's just too much going on. I don't know. But yeah. I didn't really get that vibe too much from the movie. No, uh, it just had a tinge of it. Yeah. That, I mean, it had me worried a tiny, tiny bit. Um, it's directed by Tom McCarthy, Thomas McCarthy. Oh, he's an actor I've definitely wow. seen. Yeah. Uh, what else has he directed? I know he's directed some other things. 
Oh, the cobbler, which apparently Ooh. was terrible. But win-win. Wow, I didn't realize that was him. That's a movie I absolutely love. It was in my top five or ten of that year. The Visitor, great movie. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried about. Yeah, uh, he's the one reporter in the wire. That's what I recognize him as. That actor wasn't he the, the director? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't he the guy from Meet the Parents that was like a brother-in-law? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he plays the the reporter that's making stuff up in the wire. Interesting. So yeah, I'll give this a 9 out of 10. Nine. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be in my top 10 at the end of the year. That's my prediction. I'm going with a 7. All right. Just because... Mark me down. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> I'm sticking it's to it. It's on paper. Gut reaction. <laughs> um, next up, we have Room. Very intriguing movie, I believe. Uh, I can't remember if it already premiered at a film festival or it's going to be premiering at Toronto film festival but starring um let me look up her name she's a really really good up-and-coming actress who was in short-term 12 as well as a bunch of other stuff her name is brie larson and this is a movie where she had her and her daughter are stuck in a i don't know if it's just being held captive or it's one of these cases where it's like the guy in Ohio who had three girls yeah. trapped and was sexually abusing them. Yeah, they're them. not super clear on that. Yeah, they're not super clear on that, but it does look interesting for sure. Yeah. It looks like it could be an acting showcase for her, just the way that whole story is set up. Yeah. Uh, I was a little worried that the trailer was giving away a lot of spoilers because it shows the girl like Escaping and then both outside of it. Yeah. But I just I have to assume that that's not the main crux of the movie. Yeah, it must probably... be like about life adjusting after something like that or something. If I had to just guess, and I mean this is totally in the dark, I would imagine like you're probably the first twenty thirty minutes are probably a different movie almost. Yeah. Like the beginning, and then it's the real movie is probably afterwards. Yeah, it's like we were saying. It's crazy that. When she gets out, she looks like she's like five or six, and she's seeing Sky for the first time of her yeah. life. Insane. Um, I'll give it a seven and a half out of ten. Seven and a half. Uh, I'll go with a seven. All right. Next up, we had a stupid trailer. <laughs> uh, Zoolander 2. How do I spell that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, watch the trailer. Terrible trailer, but... A movie I'm looking forward to because I love the first one so much. What? What is this? A center for ants? How do you expect to fit in there? Have to be at least three times the size of this. Uh, terrible trailer though. They use the Stephen Hawking voice, make it seem like it's going to be some epic thing. Yeah, I thought it was like. Bob said when I was like, is this uh, the new, is this a movie about Stephen Hawking? And he was like, oh, I'm so glad you don't know what the trailer is. <laughs> it's going to be so disappointing. <laughs> um, I'll give it a six and a half out of ten. I feel like it's going to be disappointing as such a big uh, fan of the first one. But yeah. I have hopes, much like Dumb and Dumber 2. <laughs> I'm giving it a five. <laughs> because I'm, I don't dislike Ben Stiller. But I was never quite as 
big on him, even like meet parents and all that. And like I said, I feel like he's Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. And lastly, you gotta have a superhero movie in the mix every once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. Deadpool, the Red Band trailer came out, and Ryan Reynolds plays the Merc with a mouth. I um, I'm a, I was a big fan of Deadpool in the comic books. Read his comics. Always one of my favorite characters. Yeah. And I like Ryan Reynolds a lot. Uh, like I was saying, I feel like he's. I really like him as an actor, even though he's not in very good movies. Yeah, you kind of have to wonder, is it because of him or, is, yeah. or not? But he's a charismatic guy, likable guy. Um, this movie, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be good. But I also think it thinks, like I was telling you, thinks it's a lot funnier than it actually is. Yeah, I was kind of... What I'm hoping is they're saving the good stuff for the actual yeah, movie. Yeah, let's hope so, because... I mean, there's definitely some some funny stuff in yeah. the trailer, but I'm looking forward to it more for the action and just uh, the unique style and R-ratedness of a comic book movie. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, just a gut feeling from this, I like the idea of this movie better than I might actually like it. Yeah. I know what you mean. I'm gonna give it a seven, heavy seven. That's heavy what I seven. Okay, I'm disappointed. Six. This is a really disappointing viewing experience. <laughs> six and a half for me because I'm just not confident. All right. And uh, I want it to be amazing. I hope it's a ten out of ten. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Well, we have movies that just came out in theaters a month ago to talk about. <laughs> uh, actually, I think we're gonna just try to catch up. Okay. All in one, because I have a new setup coming up and starting in the next episode. Okay. Um, Fantastic Four came out and was a huge bomb. Probably the bomb of the summer. We'll talk more about that in a couple episodes when we wrap up our summer summer movie <laughs> box office draft. But yeah, it made twenty six million in its opening weekend on a hundred twenty two million dollar budget. It got a nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. There's all the drama with the director sent out a tweet like. I made a good movie. Too bad you'll never see it because there's all this drama with him in the studios. Like, oh, really? They went behind his back and shot scenes. Or there's all kind like all Ooh, kinds of drama. I didn't hear about that. Uh, he might be blacklisted from Hollywood. <laughs> wow. He's the guy that made Chronicle, which I loved. So I uh, kind of hope he's not a dick, but he looks like he's a little bit of a dick. <laughs> Also, The Gift came out that weekend, which I heard good things about. This was directed by the actor... Bah. Uh, Joel Edgerton. Yes, I got it. Great name. Um, you would know him if you saw him. Yeah. It's him and Jason Bateman. Uh, I think it's a story of an old high school bully and a kiddie's bullying. They meet up later in life, and it's kind of got horror elements. Oh, okay. Payback type of thing, I think. It made $12 million in its opening weekend. Uh, watch Sean the Sheep. Sean's I mean, I just said I watched it because I did, tissue. but it made four million in limited release in its opening weekend. This is a claymation um, animated movie from the people who made Wallace and Gromit. Uh, that, I was just going to say Wallace and Gromit, just a <laughs> stab. Um, yeah, so that was. I'll talk more about that in an upcoming episode. Ricky and the Flash, Meryl Streep playing some kind of music person, made seven million in its opening weekend. Not too interested in that. Yeah. Then the next weekend you had the Man from Uncle. 
<laughs> starring oh, yeah. Superman and Army Hammer. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it didn't do great at the box office. It was getting really hyped up. It got weeks pretty up to its decent release. reviews. I heard it's actually pretty good, but didn't make a ton of money. Uh, you also had Straight Outta Compton yeah. last weekend, or which has been really ruined the box office for the past few weeks. It's surprise hit of the summer, I believe. Nobody drafted it, so you know it's a surprise. Yeah, I, I remember it was on my draft list, but yeah. I just wasn't... I mean, it interests me. It was coming out so late in the summer. Yeah, it just didn't, didn't seem like a blockbuster type. It didn't, and I didn't really hear anything about it until. I mean, I did research obviously for the draft, but it didn't get a whole lot of advertising until yeah. it was like about to come out. Yeah, you know? got good reviews. Uh, there is a little controversy though about how um, it it's produced by Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, all them. Yeah. And Easy es descendants or whatever, and basically, it whitewashes some of like the women abusing <laughs> that Dr. Dre did. Yeah, I heard that, that kind of thing. I I saw it. Actually. You did? Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that in the next episode All right. or two. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to checking it out, regardless. But let's see what else was there. Mission Impossible. Uh, Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation. Made a lot of money for Casey. Yeah. Spoiler alert, he did well <laughs> in yeah. the final standings. Uh, yeah, Vacation. Mm. The comedy. Yeah. I think it was a middling success. Yeah. I, it did better than I thought it was going to. From what Just I... trying to see. Uh, yeah, that's about it. And on Redbox, <laughs> you had Hot Pursuit. In Awaken coming out, but we're definitely not reviewing them. In the next episode, we'll be talking about Wet Hot American Summer, both the movie and the television and series. series. So, look forward to that. As always, thank you for listening. Hopefully, the rust has been knocked off a little bit, and we'll just continue <laughs> to get back on track from here on. Uh, yeah. As always, you can email us at theredboxreport at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at theredboxreport. I'm on Twitter at The Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at The RBR Joel. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to our Reddit page, uh, reddit.com slash r slash The Redbox Report. Uh, find us on Stitcher and on Letterboxd. I am at The Oriole Report. And Joel has still yet to make an account. <laughs> but uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah. See you.